You're listening to the Essential Geopolitics podcast from Stratfor, a rain company. I'm Emily Donahue. So much of the world's attention has been focused on the protest movement in Russia in recent weeks, but protests continue far away, as in Myanmar, and close as well, as in Belarus. I asked Sam Lichtenstein, Stratfor's global security analyst, to join me for some details of what's going on there. Welcome, Sam. Hey, Emily. Thanks for having me. So can you remind us of the context, what happened last year, and how did we get here? Absolutely. So the short answer is that last August, Belarusians voted in a presidential election that was widely seen as fraudulent, both by international observers and the domestic opposition. Uh, And in the wake of that election, you saw a massive uh, and quite honestly unexpected uprising from the people in Belarus. Uh, You had uh, significant protest activity throughout the fall, which was tragically met by significant uh, police repression, lots of violence, mass arrests, uh, and the eventual exile of the protest opposition leaders. Uh, And since then, what we've seen is protests continuing, albeit in smaller forms, uh, because the winter in Belarus is quite harsh. Uh, and then also continued government repression. Uh, Right now, estimates are that approximately 30,000 people uh, were arrested at some point, and a lot of them, uh, we unfortunately suspect, have been subject to some sort of police brutality. Uh, So now we're kind of nearing the end of the winter, or at least people can start to see the end of the the winter season in Belarus and gearing up for what's going to happen in the spring. Well... So what has the opposition been up to this winter then? So even though in recent days and weeks we've heard a lot of activity coming out of Russia, uh, which is in some ways linked, the Belarusian opposition has certainly not been laying low. They've been very active. So as I mentioned, you had opposition leaders in the wake of the election and mass arrests and protests go into exile, a lot to Lithuania in particular. Uh, And from there and other organizing uh, areas, These individuals have been meeting with friendly governments uh, in the West, particularly Europe, the United States, uh, etc. They've been pressing their case for international support, both rhetorically, uh, but also in the form of penalties like sanctions on Belarusian leaders. The European Union and the United States impose some already. There have been calls for additional ones. Um, And aside from pressing governments to support them, they've also been seeking to rally uh, kind of attention to their cause. They certainly don't want the momentum that they had last fall uh, to to lose that when the spring comes, uh, particularly amid renewed global attention on Russia, which they worry might overshadow their own protests. So you've seen uh, sporadic, smaller protests being called for and occurring. Uh, Notably, on February 7th, uh, you had a day of solidarity in which protest leaders called for individuals across the world to show their support for the Belarusian opposition uh, by posting uh, comments on social media, waving the Belarusian flag, things of this nature. Uh, And then within the country, you've also seen smaller protests during the winter uh, using uh, sometimes novel techniques like human chains or private gatherings uh, in apartment building complexes, things that are going to avoid the attention of the security services and potentially their repressive tactics. While protesters have been uh, busy planning what comes next, what has the government been doing? 
Unfortunately, the government uh, has not been doing anything that's going to meet the protesters' demands. Uh, overall, what we've seen is a backsliding on promises that were made in the initial face of the protests. Uh, so last week on February 11th and 12th, President Alexander Lukashenko held what he widely billed as this big all-Belarusian people's assembly. It was filled with big promises that delivered really few results. Uh, President Lukashenko uh, without going really into any sort of useful detail, promised that there would be a new constitution by the end of 2021 with a rent referendum by early 2022. Uh, he didn't give any real hints as to what would be in that, uh, which does not bode well for what protesters have been demanding. And really the only hints that he did give suggests that he's not serious about truly reforming the country in a way that would conform to the protesters' demands. Essentially, he said that even for him to consider stepping down would require there to be calm in the country, no protests, no threats to government stability. Uh, and then he said that even if he were to continue consider stepping down, uh, that his successor uh, should probably have some sort of restrictions placed on his authority to his, assuming that the successor may not be someone that Lukashenko would like. Beyond that, what we've seen Lukashenko do uh, amid his continuing crackdown on opposition is really reach out to Russia very publicly. Uh, last fall, during the protests, you did see Russian support for Lukashenko. Uh, but Belarus and Russia, despite being very close, do have at times testy relations. Uh, and what we saw last week at uh, Lukashenko's speech during the Belarusian People's Assembly that he convened uh, was that he was trying to publicly portray the two countries' futures as linked and effectively uh, kind of portrayed uh, to Putin, listen, what happens here in Belarus on the protest front is going to reverberate in your country as well. Uh, and so you've seen him really appeal for Russian support uh, that may be coming in a stronger form in 2021 that we saw at the end of 2020. Uh, notably, uh, despite some previous conflicts that Belarus and Russia have had, at least rhetorically, over things like oil and gas prices, uh, Belarus not agreeing to kind of form an even closer political and economic union with Russia. Uh, you saw Lukashenko basically trying to tie the fates of the two countries together, uh, acknowledging that Russia is his biggest partner politically, economically, and potentially most importantly, if protests get out of control in the security realm. So what can we expect as the year develops so the first thing we're looking at is at the end of February, Lukashenko is expected to travel to Russia, uh, where he's going to be meeting with President Putin. And although we don't know for certain, there's been a lot of media speculation that Putin is going to offer Lukashenko another loan. This would be on top of a $1.5 billion one that he gave last year. Uh, and people are talking right now of rumors in the realm of 3 to $3.5 billion. So that would be a big economic lifeline. The next key date that we're looking at is March 25th, uh, and this would be from the opposition's perspective, because that's when we're likely to see significant protest action resume. Uh, March 25th is a bit of an unofficial holiday uh, in Belarus. It commemorates Freedom Day, uh, which was this brief moment of independence in 1918 uh, before Belarus uh, was subsumed into the USSR, uh, in which Belarusians uh, were, had a brief moment uh, of independence. 
that traditionally sees a lot of protests in Belarus, and we're expecting that this year in particular is when the opposition is going to mobilize to come out of a kind of its winter lull and into a stronger spring season. Looking ahead, uh, we're also tracking that in September, Belarus and Russia are scheduled to hold their quadrennial def- uh, joint military exercises called the Zapad exercise. Uh, And we're expecting that there are going to be a lot of drills in the run-up to that, potentially the most ever. And so what we're expecting to see both from the drills and from the loan that I mentioned earlier is a bit of an indication of how much support Putin is giving to Lukashenko. And this leads to the most important question for 2021, which is, will there be some sort of standoff between Russia and the West in Belarus? As we've seen uh, in Russia in recent weeks with the ongoing dispute over Alexei Navalny's jailing, the Western Russia's relationship is deteriorating, uh, and we're concerned that there could be another flare-up in Belarus, uh, potentially involving the opposition there. Although people have been paying more attention, understandably, to events in Russia in recent weeks, the potential for uh, a standoff, uh, even potentially involving violence in Belarus later this year, is by no means off the table. Sam Lichtenstein is a global security analyst with Stratfor, a rain company. Thank you, Sam. Thanks, Emily. You can stay up to date on Stratfor's analysis of this country and so much more. Sign up for the free newsletter today. Go to worldview.stratfor.com. That's worldview.stratfor.com. I'm Emily Donahue. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.